The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is our Friday edition of the Leach Report. Game day tomorrow for the Wildcats out at Arkansas. And the Hogs are red hot. They won 12 of their last 13 games. The only loss, a one-pointer at Alabama. We'll talk about the Razorbacks with their radio play-by-play voice, Chuck Barrett. Anna Tarullo joins us from the BBN Tonight Show. And then second half on Fridays is always Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News. Wildcat News of the Day. It is a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Kentucky faces an Arkansas team that has a stripe out planned for tomorrow. So they're looking for their fans, depending on which section you're sitting in, to wear uh, the maroon or the white. So we'll see how well that works. Whatever they're wearing, they're guaranteed to be loud. It is a hot ticket. Uh, I remember when Kentucky went out there two years ago where the students line up, and they'll be lined up tomorrow, uh, even though it's going to be cold out there. They've had some winter weather. I think it's supposed to get a little better uh, today, and um, but it uh, was um, a situation where the students were lined up and the buses pull in for the game day practice, and the students are up above on this uh, landing area uh, in line to get into the arena, camped out, etc. And so they really give it to the opposing team, and so uh, the Wildcats will get to experience that tomorrow. Uh, Arkansas, as we said, is uh, really uh, one of the hottest teams in the country. They don't shoot it especially well, but they get to the <clears throat> get to the free throw line a lot. They play at a high tempo. Um, they defensively have held twelve of the last thirteen opponents under forty percent from the field. They take a lot of charges, so uh, the whistle will be uh, interesting to follow tomorrow. How that uh, plays out. There are going to be a lot of missed shots if if you project out what the stats look like. And Arkansas under Coach Musselman is thirty seven and five when they out rebound the opponent. So rebounding, which is a Kentucky strength, uh, should be a key stat to track tomorrow. Big win for the UK women last night as they took down Missouri on the road seventy eight sixty three. Dre Edwards continued her outstanding play with thirty points and ten boards. So Kentucky improves to 7-8 and eight in the league and 14-11 and 11 overall with the senior day game coming up Sunday against Auburn. Uh, I'll have to start doing a little reading and see what they're looking like as far as have they if, if they get that one Sunday, uh, could they play themselves into an at-large bid? Have they already done it? I'd think they'd have to win at least one in the SEC tournament. But let's say they, they win a game or two at the SEC tournament. Uh, I would have to think that would be enough to get them an NCAA bid. Uh, baseball starts a three-game set against Western Michigan today. A four o'clock first pitch out at Kentucky Proud Park. Kentucky softball beat Jacksonville twelve to three and Florida Atlantic seven to three yesterday. Kentucky's number twelve in the country. Aaron Coffel had a big day with three homers, and Drake Jackson reportedly set to rejoin the UK staff as a graduate assistant coach working with the O line. I think that would be a great move for uh, Kentucky. I could see Drake being an 
outstanding O-line coach someday in the future. Links to the stories that we talk about are on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Wildcat News of the Day is presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Looking for a great place to go this weekend for a special uh, dinner, special occasion, a birthday, an anniversary. Head out to Giuseppe's, Giuseppe'sLexington.com. You can check out that wonderful menu, live jazz music to accompany your meal every night, too, at Giuseppe's. We'll be right back with Chuck Barrett for the Arkansas Network. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. Welcome back into the show for a Friday. Previewing Kentucky and Arkansas coming up tomorrow in Fayetteville. And our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Chuck Barrett joins us. He's the radio voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks, who are as hot as any team in the nation, having won 12 of 13 Chuck, they lost the first three to start league play, even a home game to Vanderbilt, and then they've just been tearing through the league ever since and, and the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge, too. So what happened? What turned around? <laughs> you know, it was interesting, Tom. When we came back from Texas A&M, we were 0-3. And I'm going to be truthful with you. I was trying to figure out a way we were going to win six or seven conference games. Um, it was just not coming together, and they were not playing well, and they weren't sharing the ball, and the defense wasn't very good. And, you know, they played at LSU, and they were down 10 uh, with about eight minutes to go and closed the game on a 17-2 to run. And, um, you know, since that point, they've played winning basketball, and they've just gotten a little bit better every week. And um, right now they're playing about as well as they can play, I think. Nothing like confidence uh, to, to lift a team, and um, they certainly <laughs> – Certainly should have a ton of that right now. I'm sure you're seeing that as you watch them play. Well, they are playing with confidence right now. And when you win, you know, you feel like you're going to win. And, um, you know, that's sort of the mindset that they're in right now. And they've had some big games at home, obviously, and they played well at home. And um, they played well enough on the road. I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they're intimidated by that. Um, you know, we hadn't won in Florida in a long time and uh, won that ball game Tuesday night. So, Feel good about that, and uh, it's always fun when Kentucky plays, uh, you know, when they come to Fayetteville or when we go to Lexington. So it'll be a fun time Saturday, I'm sure. I miss that uh, the fact that I didn't get to work a game in, in the old Barnhill Arena. Some of the uh, colleagues on the U.K. Network have uh, told me what that experience was like. But it can get really crazy there in Bud Walton, and I'm sure that's what the atmosphere will uh, will be like. I saw a comment from Coach Musselman where, uh, the, it's a, you know, as tough a ticket as you would expect for a game of this magnitude and students camping out again and all of that? I think it will be. We've had winter weather in Arkansas this week, but I think by Saturday everything will be okay. And I would anticipate a great crowd. I think it will be a great atmosphere. And um, Yeah, it's what you want this time of year. These are the kinds of games you want to be playing in. Let's uh, talk about J.D. Note, who uh, is kind of the, the driving force for the, the Hogs. How's his season unfolded? You know, he's really, uh, he's become a complete player. Um, he was a scorer last year, but he wasn't a complete player. And I think when you look at him now, his defense has really, um, you know, it's improved a lot. He's always rebounded well for a guard. Um, his steal totals have been good. Um, you know, this is a guy that plays a complete game now, but he is a scorer. I mean, he has a scorer's mentality, and, and I don't think anything's going to change on that. But, um you know, they won the other night, um, 
you know, when he had problems, when he had foul issues. And he's had that a little bit lately. And so hopefully they'll get that corrected. Friday edition of the Leach Report. Game day tomorrow for the Cats out at Arkansas. And we're talking about the matchup with the radio voice of the Hogs, Chuck Barrett. You know, with good teams, they can usually win in more than one way. And uh, we saw the Hogs win a game against Tennessee where the winning score was 58. And then down at Florida, it's an 82-74 win. So they they uh, they obviously tend to play fast and, and can certainly uh, do well in that way. But they've been able to win slower-paced games too, right? Well, they have been. And, and I think that's, you know, that's kind of the mark of a good team is you find a way to win. Um, the Tennessee game was just, um, I mean, that term rock fight gets used a lot. And, um, that's kind of how it was, though. It was a... Um, and it was a, every possession, every dribble, every pass, everything in that game was challenged. Florida wasn't quite that way. Um, you know, 82 points on Florida is pretty good in their place. And a lot of that was due to, you know, they got stops and they got good shots. And uh, then they got hot down the stretch and made a late run. But, um, you know, right now they, they've just got that, that feeling that they're going to play well. We talked about Note. Uh, let's talk uh, about how the rest of this team came together because you know, Coach Musselman was, I guess, ahead of the game in terms of the transfer portal when it uh, started really getting activated for college sports because uh, his uh, really good team with Nevada a few years ago that uh, was in the Sweet 16 it was a team that you know had uh, great reliance on transfers. He's always uh, been a coach that can uh, put a team together uh, like that from from uh, bringing guys in from different programs. Uh, Cal's has done it this season with Kentucky. A lot of coaches are having to uh, adapt to it. So how is uh, tell me how this team came to how he put this team together? You know, there's a lot of six six guys. You know, you'll notice that on uh, Saturday. I mean, they got a lot of inter- interchangeable parts defensively. They've got good length, uh, particularly on the wings, and they uh, um, they've been disrupted because of that. I think it's taken a little longer this year maybe than last year for the team to gel. Um, there were, you know, early on, there were really some, you know, there were some days you wondered if it was going to happen. And that's the danger of the portal. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you get a group that you just, for, for whatever reason, can't coach the way you want to. And I was afraid this was going to be a group like that. But they've... Uh, um, they found their niche defensively, and they take pride in that. They hang their hat on that. and um, That really was the last piece to come together. And when it did, it was amazing how the offensive numbers went up. When those defensive numbers got better, the offensive numbers did too. So let's talk about the defense and what is uh, particularly impressive about it. I mean, Kentucky just faced a team, for example, that's like in LSU that's that's big on, on steals, and they're switching everything. And, you know, going for those steals is a big part of what they do. Other teams, you know, Kentucky style's always been more, you know, to not to be a big steal team, but to try to stay between you and the basket. Uh, what makes Arkansas's defense work when it clicks? Well, this is not one of those, you know, 40 minutes of hell type defenses. It's it's not like that at all. It's it's uh it's more of a team half court defensive concept, and you know the switching's been good, and it's not a big shot blocking team. Take a lot of charges, um, but um, more than anything, they they force the other guys to take bad shots. If you look at the shooting percentages in the last thirteen games, I mean, 
I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here off the top of my head. I, I think it's 11 of the last 13 games they've held the opponent to under 40% field goal percentage. So, you know, that's just tough half-court defense. Not a high-volume steal team, but, you know, other than Note, they will force some turnovers, but, you know, they didn't force a ton at Florida the other night. Um, when they're going well, they do force turnovers, and they will score some in transition. But it's not one of those, again, you know, 40 minutes of hell-type teams that, that, that we had for a lot of years. Chuck, I uh, appreciate the time, um, and uh, hopefully uh, good weather when we uh, arrive out, the, out in Arkansas and everybody can get to the game. It's always a great atmosphere when it is full. Hard to play in if you're an opposing player, but those atmospheres are fun to work in. Well, they are. I love coming to Rupp, and I love so many of our venues now. So many have gotten good. And um, we're, you know, when ours is rocking, it's pretty good, too. And I think it will be Saturday. That's the radio voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett. Even at full, if Kentucky's at full strength, this will be quite a test because of how well Arkansas is playing right now. And no matter how it plays out, it's a chance these two could run into each other on semifinal Saturday at the SEC tournament in Tampa in a couple of weeks. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and in Palomar. Great way to start your day is a breakfast or brunch at Wild Eggs, especially on the, on the weekend. Treat yourself. They have fantastic pancakes. Love the omelets at uh, Wild Eggs. You'll have your favorites, so just go multiple times to Wild Eggs of Lexington. We will be right back on the Leaks Report Radio Network. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. No luck at the moment. Catching up to uh, Anna Tarullo, so we'll keep trying. See if we can uh, catch her for a quick comment or two before the bottom of the hour. In the second half of the show, we'll have Mike Corsi coming up here on this Friday edition of the Leach Report. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shops, including the new downtown Lexington location, Clark's Main Street Markets, right across from Rupp Arena, amazingly, on Main Street uh, in Lexington. And our uh, Sunday morning sports talk show guys uh, do the show from there each Sunday. And uh, if you stop in, need to refuel your vehicle, head into the Clark's Cafes and refuel yourself. Fantastic breakfast sandwiches among many great offerings there at Clark's. Um, Let's hear from Eric Musselman. He's the Obviously, head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, got an extensive pro experience from the CBA to the NBA, um, had a good run at Nevada. Actually, Nevada and Kentucky were playing on the same night in Atlanta in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament, and both lost close games. Kentucky, a one-pointer to Kansas State. Loyola, I think, went to overtime and lost to Loyola of Chicago. So it could have easily been Nevada and Kentucky, Musselman and Calipari playing for a spot in the Final Four in 2018. Uh, Arkansas gave Coach Musselman his first win over the Cats here in Lexington last season, 81-80. to That was an Arkansas team that made the Elite Eight. Kentucky made 14 threes in that game, but came up one point short. And obviously it's a much better Kentucky team now than that one. And uh, Coach Musselman talked about the Wildcats at his press session on Wednesday. You know, each guy's kind of got his own little thing. I mean, Brooks is a great glue player, and, you know, Wheeler's a different point guard than Ty Ty Washington. And so, 
they give you all these different types of looks instead of a steady diet of the same type of player. I think their their player profiles are much, much different than each other, which makes them you know difficult to game plan against. Eric Musselman, now he has seen a lot of outstanding rebounders having uh, again, that extensive pro background. So you uh, take note of some interesting comments he had about what he sees in Oscar Sheboy's game. He's probably the best rim runner that I've seen um, in college basketball. He's an incredible second jumper. You're going to have to hold your ground, too. Like, you're going to have to have a wide base when you box out. If you box out with the skinny base, he's going to dislodge you. That we promise. So if you don't, if you're not a physical block out player, and and you skinny block out, you're gonna get you're gonna get pushed underneath the rim, and he's gonna grab the ball and dunk it. You really can't simulate his second and third jump, which he's ex- incredibly explosive as an offensive rebounder, and then he's got an unbelievable nose and feel for where the ball's bouncing to as well. He certainly does, and he is on track now to move into the top four all-time rebounders for a single season at Kentucky. He is uh, narrowing in on Frank Ramsey. Uh, I think it is uh, Well, we have to, um, 24 rebounds. There's the number. He needs 24 rebounds to pass Frank Ramsey for number four. Frank Ramsey's an NBA Hall of Famer, uh, and the guys he's you know, trying to pass now on the single-season rebound list are all guys from the 50s. So don't know if he'll have enough games to get all the way to the top, but I think there's a good chance he's going to end up with uh, 500 rebounds for a season, and it's only been done three times, and the three guys that did it were uh, in the 50s at the University of Kentucky three times. So um, we'll keep tracking Oscar's incredible uh, rebounding numbers for you uh, on this show and on our UK Sports Network broadcast. A uh, quick note about a derby prep that is coming up this weekend. We'll start uh, paying a little more attention to the road to the Kentucky Derby now as we're just uh, a little over a couple of months out. Three-year-olds in the grade two Rebel Stakes tomorrow, actually in Arkansas, out at Oakland Park, but that's on the other side of the state from Fayetteville. And Bob Baffert's got the favorite in there. But I think Dash Attack from Kenny McPeak could uh, get him in this race. Strange race last time for Dash Attack. He was uh, well-regarded in that uh, prep for the Rebel and just faded, but then came running again in the stretch. And two sharp workouts since. So I'm just going to draw a line through the last one and think he can get back to the previous form. And if he could, he could win this. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. The Leach Report is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and in Palomar. And we are joined now by Mike DeCourcy from SportingNews.com and the Big Ten Network. And you'll also see his brackets at Fox Sports and their college basketball coverage and. uh, we will talk about uh, the brackets here in a bit, but let's start with Kentucky basketball, Mike. And you saw them, I believe, in person up at the Garden in the opener in the Champions Classic against Duke. Uh, so the team that you saw there, the team that lost at Notre Dame the second weekend in December, and the team that you see playing now that just beat two tournament teams that uh, with Kentucky without its two point guards, uh, what has uh, – 
been most noteworthy to you in Kentucky's growth and evolution? Well, you know, after Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, one of the things that struck me about growth and evolution is that Kentucky, under John, has had almost a new team every year, and he's been there more than a dozen years now. And what is impressive is, especially with this group, is how they've grown together. I thought the display of legitimate joy, it wasn't manufactured, it was, it was, it was real when Bryce Hopkins had the breakout game that he did. I, 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 they were really happy for that young man. And that's, you know, I, in a way that you don't see everywhere. You don't see that kind of connection everywhere. Sometimes you don't see it at all, if you know what I mean. But even teams that get along well, I'm not sure had that would are likely to have that same that same familial feeling that that they demonstrated there. And I think that's really important because families pull together in difficult times. A, a, a healthy family pulls together in difficult times. And going out on the floor without Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler is difficult times for any, you know any team that would lose its two starting guards especially one that's as reliant on their excellence as this team is, whether it's at home or on the road or whatever, to be able to do that and and fight through it and to genuinely enjoy the success of one of their younger players, I thought was really impressive. And when I saw them in the garden, I liked what I saw. I thought they made some rough decisions in, you know, when they had an opportunity uh Savir took the ball to the rim on two occasions in what was essentially the third quarter, uh, right around the 10-11 minute mark when they when they had gotten really competitive, and it was not a wise move with Mark Williams back there, and he should have known better uh, to not to necessarily penetrate that deep, but should have had a plan for for attack that was better than let me try to get this up on the rim and see if I can get it past Mark Williams, who's more than a foot taller and jumps another foot on top of that. Uh, some not great decisions, but I thought that there was a real spark there on the team. So I'm not surprised that they have enough ability to be good. But what's going to, what's going to elevate, there are two elements, I think, that can elevate them above competition. Well, I should say three. One, you have a guy who gets every rebound. That's, that's great. Two, you have basically two point guards. When most of the contenders for the national championship uh, are, are lucky if they have won, and not a lot, and, and a lot of them don't. Uh, teams like Purdue that just aren't successful at that position at all. Duke, not successful at that position at all. And honestly, both of them are, are, are bypassing their point guards in terms of generating offense and counting on those players to do other things. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think that that's, those are the advantages. And, and then you add on this exceptional connection that they have. And I think that flows from guys like Oscar. You would know better than me, but based on observation, it, it seems to flow from someone like Oscar, who is a genuinely beloved figure. Mm. And and from there, you get that sort of connection that everybody's happy to be there and wants to be successful together and is willing to embrace whatever the momentary challenge is. And, you know, now the obstacle to them being successful in March is that while others are out there trying to get better, 
Kentucky is trying to survive. They need to get back to the phase of trying to get better, and that means having both guards healthy on the floor, you know, playing in difficult, challenging circumstances. And, of course, tomorrow would be an ideal moment for that. Uh, If that's not possible, then you still have at Florida and you still have the SEC tournament. Sometimes when you get a little adversity with with injuries, you can have to, in, in adapting, find some things that can help you once you get the whole group back together. Is it possible Kentucky has done that in a couple of ways? Kellen Grady has had to play the point. He scored 13 points Wednesday night without making a three, and that's not something he's done all year. And then Bryce Hopkins. You know, it could be a one-hit wonder, but if it's a breakthrough for him, he's a guy that uh, not a lot of people have either. Six six two twenty guy that can uh, take it off the dribble and can hit pull-up shots, can uh, can make a three. Percentage isn't great, but he he's got that shot, and it'll continue to get better. But uh, are those things that could uh, be significant developments for Kentucky? Yes, uh, I think it it helps Kellen uh, with his confidence. When he goes back to what he does as well as anybody in the country, which is catch and shoot, I think he, I think it helps him know that maybe when it's absolutely necessary, I don't think he's going to want to all of a sudden start putting the ball on the because he still uh, he still has moments where that's not really his thing, even while he's playing the point. Um, but maybe if it's called for, he can he can put the ball on a deck and get by uh, a, a a flashing defender and pull up or get a little deeper and make, you know, make a play. He knows he can do that now. And I think it's really important for Bryce because it, he may not be called on a ton in, in, in March, but you, we've seen this a million times in college basketball. Somebody that you haven't seen all year coming out and, and making plays. I mean, the, the, Grayson Allen, prototypical example of that didn't come out in the in the second round and start making plays because Duke need him. In the literal national championship game in 2015, he barely played for two months, but they had to have him, and they understood that that was an advantage because Grayson was able to drive the ball. That was an advantage they had over Wisconsin, uh, with not the most dynamic defensive team, really good, solid, intelligent, as Kentucky saw that they, two days before. But not some, not super dynamic, and they couldn't keep Grayson out of the lane, and so that's you know that comes out of nowhere in the championship game. So there may be a moment when Bryce, you know, because of injury or let's just say foul trouble uh, or exhaustion or or a guy doesn't have it that day. And remember, when you're in March, I don't have it that day. Doesn't work. You got to somebody's got to be out there who has it that day, and. For Bryce, now he knows he can do it. I mean, he didn't do it against uh, the last place team in the SEC. He did it against a legitimate top, you know, top uh, twenty-five team, and 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 did it in a variety of different ways. And he knows in the back of his mind now that it, it you know, short of the top three or four teams in the country, he's beaten uh, pretty much what there is out there. There, you know, there are there are teams that you know maybe have been a little more consistent than LSU, but that was that was a night when very competitive LSU's got play, can play very good defense, and he defeated them in a number of ways, including what you mentioned about his strength. That one drive from the from the left elbow where he just he just bowled past the defender without fouling and, and scored. It was really impressive. 
Talking with Mike DeCourcy at TSN Mike on Twitter, SportingNews.com on the web. Be right back and continue our discussion here on the Friday edition of the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs and This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. From the Clark's Puppet Shop Studio, return, refresh, and refuel. Clarks, Mike, of course, he's with us, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, brackets here in a second, but let me get uh, to Kentucky and Arkansas tomorrow. Razorbacks playing as well as anybody in the country after an 0-3 start in league play. Uh, How do you see the matchup tomorrow out in Fayetteville? Well, some of that depends on what version of Kentucky winds up on the floor at Bud Walton. I I think that it, it would be very difficult on the road against a team that's playing as well as Arkansas and with a crowd that's as energized as Arkansas's crowd is, it'd be very difficult to go out there and try to do what they did against LSU again. For one, now Arkansas kind of has a book on that lineup, whereas LSU didn't have as much to go on. Uh, so So there's that, and there's also the fact that Arkansas is is very good at unsettling you with their defense. They, you know, they want to play at a pace and a style that is uncomfortable for, for opponents. And they're very good at enforcing that at home, especially, um, they're, t- this is, you know, this is a team that, uh, is the, is ranks 27th in the country in pace. They, they want to play quickly. They are not the most efficient offense, although they, they, they uh they they can score points they you know they can waste possessions and i think at at full strength kentucky can go in there and feel really good about if it can get to its game feel really good about that working against this arkansas team i i think that kentucky is made to beat them at it, at at the wildcats best the question i have of course and i'm sure every, all everybody in big blue nation has the same question is whether one or both will be ready to go and or you know if, if they if if Kentucky wants to be aggressive about their return or say you know what even if we take this we may not get a one seat but um but but the most important thing is winning the biggest games and and obviously those arrive in a few weeks Mike also does the uh, brackets for Fox Sports College basketball coverage, and you'll see uh, at TSN Mike a little later today the uh, the newest bracket. If and Kansas and Baylor, I know, play on Saturday. Those are two teams that were above Kentucky when the bracket reveal uh, came out from CBS last weekend. Um, do you think if if Kentucky wins out in the regular season, so that's Three three wins here in the next week and a half. Um, would that be enough to get Kentucky to the one line, or would they need help somewhere else? You know, honestly, I think that it, in a weird way, it would probably like a Wildcats fan would probably want Kansas to win that game because it might be easier to pass Kansas than Baylor because even though that would give Kansas a sweep of Baylor. UK would still have that, you know, that ace in the ace in their back pocket of having gone into Allen and won by twenty, and so 
that you know tomorrow would be another quad one for for the Wildcats. That would be very helpful. Uh, I believe Florida will be a quad one if they're able to win down there. So that would that would get Kentucky out of this this uh, you know this this rough spot of having uh, you know a quad one record that isn't as attractive as the teams they're competing with. At that point, if they're if they were able to do what you said, they'd basically be looking at eight and five in quad one, and then all of a sudden you're not you're not deficient to everybody else. There may be others with a better number in that category, but you, you're not an outlier then. And that's Kentucky's problem in trying to be a one now. Now, I took a lot of uh, criticism from Kentucky fans uh, for not having the Wildcats ahead of Kansas because of the 20-point loss, and I kept pointing out at that point, five and four is not getting on the one line. Eight and five, they'll, 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 uh, they'll, they'll wave that right through. That's not a problem. So I think that they could pass Kansas if they can get those last three wins, regardless of whether Kansas wins or loses. Uh, uh, even if Kansas were to do the same, win out, Kansas would end up with a better pure resume. But that then that twenty point loss with or that twenty point Wildcats victory would start to to pay its greatest dividends. Murray State rolled a good Belmont team last night by 33 points. Murray's 19th in the rankings right now. They're, yeah, I'm looking at Ken Palm. They're um, top 25 in, in defensive efficiency. So, you know, their their metrics are good too. How high could Murray State go as, as a seed? I think they could get to a six if they can do if they can follow this up by going down to Evansville next weekend and doing similar things. I think they can get to a six. I, a five might be hard because the teams that are in that range are pretty good. I mean, Houston's number four in the net right now and playing at a five because they don't have those high-end wins. Obviously, Murray State doesn't have them either uh, for the most part. But being able to do what they did to Belmont, I mean, Murray State now has two quad one wins. So I, one of them was at Memphis, and I think the other is is one of their two wins over Belmont. So, I think they can get to six without much trouble. Uh, I, I think that uh, five might be hard for them. But, of course, you know one of the interesting things now for, uh, for the Ohio Valley is that what would be more important for them? Because Belmont could still get in, uh, it, but they, if they, or, or Moorhead or someone like that if they were able to win the league tournament. For a while it was possible to get them both in with Murray as an at-large, uh, if, you know, if, if, excuse me, with Belmont an at-large, if Belmont had gotten one of the two against Murray. But now their only path to two is, is if Belmont or someone like that were to take out Murray in the final. I, I, the, but is it better to have that happen and then have Murray fall probably into an 8-9 game? Or would it be better if they continued their surge and climbed higher on the bracket than any Ohio Valley team ever has and give them a shot at, at winning, you know, winning more than one game, which hasn't happened in the OVC for a while. A minute left here, Mike, uh, me a, a quick, uh, version of what the, the handicapping looks like on the player of the year race. Yeah. You know, I think Tuesday was, or excuse me, Wednesday was really good for Oscar again, because they are winning games, difficult games, in difficult circumstances, and he's the central part of that, obviously getting a lot of help from his teammates. But 
Uh, I, you know, and honestly, the weirdest thing I think is that Johnny Davis went out on Sunday and put up a masterpiece. He was brilliant against Michigan. It was just beautiful what he did, and it all got forgotten because of the the, the post game circumstance with Jawan Howard and all that. Nobody remembered Johnny Davis. I don't think that helped Johnny. I mean, he could probably still change things over the next couple of weeks, but as it stands now, I think the the, the last couple of games have been good for Oscar. Uh, and Johnny went out after that against Minnesota and didn't play great and fouled out. And so I think that helped Oscar even more. It's it's still, I think, probably going to come down to those two with Abaji having an outside chance. Uh, but uh, I think uh, right now Oscar's in really good really good shape mike DeCourcy he joins us every friday here on the leach report you can see him on fox sports college basketball coverage in the big 10 network and read him at sportingnews.com thank you mike thanks very much tom we'll close out this edition of the leach report when we come right back Mushroom slice of Wildcat history this day in 1978. Kentucky picked up its first win in Knoxville over Tennessee since 1972. So that meant it was the first win for Coach Hall, and that was the uh, 78 championship team. Joey Holland. Oh, by the way, it was 68-57. The Goose, Jack Evans, had 18 in that game. Uh, Joey Holland, former Wildcat basketball player, celebrating a birthday today. So uh, happy birthday. A couple of other basketball scores from last night. I mentioned the uh, Murray State uh, beat Belmont 76-43. Oregon took down number 12 UCLA 68-63. And number 22 Ohio State over number 15 Illinois in Champaign 86-83. Kentucky-Arkansas tomorrow going to be a fun atmosphere out in uh, Fayetteville and uh well be be fun for us to uh, to watch I don't know how much fun it'll be for the players probably they they uh, they get a kick out of that so I think Kentucky certainly rises to the occasion and uh and gives a strong effort going to depend if they get it if they have all their guys I think they get a great shot if not I think they still have uh, a chance to get out of there with a win going to be fun tomorrow. We'll uh, talk about it on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody, on the Leach Report. Check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com.